Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. To start out, I would like to simply bring greetings from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, another one of the partner schools in the Concordia system. We're proud of that partnership, and uh, I'm proud to be here as kind of an extension of that um, uh, with you here today. This morning, we're talking about appears, and I've had this, this story kind of stuck in my head since Easter. I went home to Milwaukee-ish, Wisconsin over Easter uh, to be with my parents and my sisters and my niece and things like that. And it was really, really great. But a lot of times when we get together on a holiday, I get picked on for the same silly story that I have since I was like 11. And um, I think it fits here this morning, so I'm going to share it with you, and I guess that makes us family. So... Um, here's how it goes. My mother, when I was growing up, had a rule that I couldn't stand. It was so annoying, but it was like her pet peeve. So on this one silly thing, we just butted heads all the time. And that rule was this. When you walk in the door, your shoes come off. Can you believe the cruelty in the house where I grew up? I would make excuses at every turn to try and get around this. I'd say, it's dry outside. It's summer. Um, I just got these shoes. They're new. I don't have time. Anything I could think of to get around it. And she would respond, when you come in the door, your shoes come off. So there's really no way around it. And there's one specific time that I guess lives in infamy when I broke this rule. I was at my friend Eric's house, a friend of mine, and I guess it would be when I was 11, like elementary, middle school, and I was over at his house, and we decided we wanted to play professional wrestling on the PlayStation, but I had the game, he didn't, so I had to go back home and get it. I ride my bicycle home, and it's drizzling a little bit. I'm going as fast as I can, because I want to get back and play professional wrestling on the PlayStation, and... um, I get home, and the most wonderful thing has taken place. Mom's not home from work yet. And so I know how to save a little bit of time. Shoes stay on, right? So I get get to the back door, throw my bicycle down, walk in, say hi to my sister who's at the kitchen table, and I start marching towards my room. I get maybe like one, two, like three steps into the hallway, and I realize that the drizzle was sort of a bad deal, and I just left like three size 11 signatures saying I broke mom's number one pet peeve rule, and I just kind of froze like that in the hallway. Do you ever feel like this, where you're just kind of moving along, and You do something wrong because it's convenient, because it makes you happy, because you're influenced in one way or another, and then all of a sudden you realize what you've done, and you kind of are stuck. We have these moments kind of all the time, don't we? I mean, a lot of you are nodding. We do this with a variety of different things that we do wrong. We kind of make excuses for different stuff. We'll say like, well, you know, I've I've never... um, stolen anything, but how important is that gossip commandment? I mean, 
real, I'm just being honest with my friends. I'm just building good relationships with people that matter to me. That's what I'm doing. That's, that surely isn't me. But like when it comes to a head, we're just kind of frozen in place and we just stop. Because we have to figure something out. This is how our head works. We say like, I've got to get out of this sin. I've got to make myself appear perfect again. That's what we strive for. We always want to look good to everyone around us. And so when we're here, we have to make a plan. And what I did when I was literally here is, for starters, number one, I got to get off the carpeting. That's, that's got to happen. So I did one of these weird deals where I kind of like walked backwards and tried to step exactly in the same places so I wouldn't make like a fourth size 11 signature saying I broke the number one rule. And when I finally got off the carpeting, I realized that when I stepped backwards, all I really did was grind some more mud into those footprints. Because it's not like my shoes were magically clean when my conscience caught up to me. So here I am. Do you ever feel like this? We do that all the time. Because when we're stuck and we see our sinfulness when it's in front of us, our thought immediately is, I got to get out of this. And for some reason, the way we do this with our broken sinful nature is we like do more sinful stuff to get out of our sinful stuff. So we'll like start lying about it or say like, but Tom did something worse and deflect it. Or we'll say, I never did that. Um, we'll, we'll hide it. We'll all kinds of stuff. And then our, our sin kind of snowballs up on us. But you might not get that analogy. It's, it's when this stuff packs together. <laughs> um, and that's how things go for us pretty often. Our, our sins just kind of clump. And that's how our sinful nature works because we always want to be appearing to be perfect, even if we're not. That's, that's what we want. We strive for that. So, 11-year-old me is staring down like a week's grounding that I can't do much about. So, I make a plan. I get a bucket and some water and some carpet cleaner and anything I could find under the sink that looked like it would help. And I just start doing stuff, you know, spraying and dabbing and wiping and, I don't know, what, whatever you do when you're 11 years old and you need to clean the carpeting to save your life. That's what I was doing. And... Um, it was really kind of neat because as I was sort of done and the carpeting was drying just a little bit, and luckily mom's not home from work yet, wouldn't you know it? It was kind of working. I could get away with this yet. That's what I thought. I was like, this is great. So I kind of get it to where I think it looks good again or good enough and then I just kind of start to go on my way again. I'm going to grab my video game and I'm going to get on my bicycle and forget about this terrible, horrible, stressful event. But I think that's kind of how we act too, isn't it? When our, when our sins kind of clump up and we're trying to get out of stuff and we're trying to appear that we're great, we just... Then we try to move on. We try to like get to the next thing. Forget about that. I didn't mess up. That wasn't me. Move on, next thing. But it always seems to catch up with us kind of like this. I grab the video game. 
I hear the noise. Mom's pulling in the driveway, but that's okay because I cleaned it up. You can't tell. But remember I said my sister was at the kitchen table when I walked in the door? See, nine-year-old sisters, um, I thought, had like one thing they strive for in life to get their 11-year-old brother in trouble. And so my sister, Lindsay, runs to the garage like it's Christmas morning because she has the news. And it's amazing what she has. So she tells mom, mom sees the carpeting's damp, I'm sunk. It didn't matter. I tried to clean it up. I got caught. I got the same punishment if I would have just left my mud there and moved on, although I probably would have had to clean it up anyway. But I didn't get out of it. I didn't get away with it. And sometimes that happens to us too. Our stuff catches up with us. In fact, that happens all the time. You ever had a friend months later say, did you say this about me? And you barely remember. You've moved on. You think you appear great all over again. You've cleaned the rug, so to speak. See, when we think we appear great, when we think we appear perfect, when we think we appear glorious or something like that, we can't even imagine what that looks like to God. When God says, in our text this morning, when when he says that, we will appear glorious with Jesus, essentially. We can't even imagine what that looks like because to us, a good appearance, a glorious appearance is just like wiping up our mess and moving on, and we're done. But we still messed up in the first place. And here's something I learned through that whole story. I told you that I was just home for Easter. Well, at Easter, like they do always, they talked about this silly story when... 11-year-old me thought he, you know, got away with murder or whatever. And so what we have is 19 years later, and I haven't lived down putting mud on the carpeting. And so what do we learn from this? Moms, remember. Holy. Moms, remember. Sisters, definitely remember. And our friends, our neighbors, our students, our classmates, we all remember. We forgive, absolutely, but it's hard to actually forget. A pure, complete, forgive and forget is nearly impossible for us. But God can do it, and he does it. So moms remember, sisters remember, we remember, God forgets. And that's kind of our message for this morning. Because when Jesus says we're going to appear glorious like him, it's like nothing we can possibly even imagine because there's nothing to compare it to. Because when he appears perfect, when he raises from the dead, or rises from the dead like we celebrate during this Easter season, he appears glorious not just in himself that he's risen from the dead, but when he appears in glory on Easter, he's done so by destroying all of our sins. And so his glory is an absolute perfection that he radiates over all of humanity. That means every single time we're stuck here or we're trying to clean up the floor of our lives, we have a Savior who says, that's enough. Who says, we don't have to suffer, we don't have to dwell on that, we don't have to get stuck in this rut of everyone remembering maybe what we have done. 
because he's done, done something for us that makes us appear and be glorious. And so all of our sins, no matter how bad, no matter how many times we've committed them, he takes all of that sin away and continues daily to do this in us. So that wherever we've been, no matter how much our, our sin has snowballed on us or anything like that, we can look forward to our recreation when we'll all appear together as God's kingdom in heavenly glory. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which certainly surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds focused on Jesus Christ to life eternal. Amen.